Whether you play daily fantasy football or you're streaming defenses in season-long leagues, you want to know the factors to select the right defense for that week. We'll give you all those factors coming up next. Hello everyone, I'm Eric Lee. And I'm Gary Kurtzman, and we are the Fantasy Football Consultants. Uh, You know, a little fun background for the viewer. You know, Eric and I have been doing this for a long, long time. In fact, 25 plus years ago, back when we were in college, we used to film a sports show right there in an actual television studio. Yeah, and uh, you know, in college he was a stat major and I was an accounting major, and you know, we loved fantasy f- football. And as a special treat to you guys for watching this video, sometime before the end of this video, we're going to show you a short clip of us <laughs> on camera on that show over 25 years ago. And we hope that's a treat. Yeah. <laughs> you decide. <laughs> but more to the point, fast forward now. Um, you know, Eric and I have either headed up or worked in analytical modeling departments departments of Fortune 50 companies. Now, the good news is we're retired, which means we have the entire off-season to bring that analytical modeling um, attributions to bear for you, the viewer. And that's what we've done, the culmination of which, Eric, is this NFL DFS master's class that we are presenting to the viewer. Yeah, welcome to the course. This is the seventh uh, class in a nine-part series, uh, Defensive Selection Strategies. And Gary, we are all about the defense today. We are getting defensive today, (laughs) folks. Now, this video and all the videos of the NFL DFS Masters Class Series and our weekly videos throughout the NFL season, they can all be viewed on YouTube. And the uh, podcast can also be seen on iTunes for Watch For Us There, too. To support the show, please smash that like button to this video or, and go ahead and hit that red subscriber button. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, help us out and give us a favorable review. So, Gary, let's turn our attention uh, to defense. I think as a starting point, let's just make sure everybody's on the same wavelength. How does scoring work on defense? Because it's similar whether you play DraftKings or FanDuel. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, scoring is a little more complicated for defense than for anything else because there's just simply more things a defense can do to affect a game than there is a wide receiver, quarterback, or any other position. So... You can see on your screen, for a sack, you get one point. This is, of course, DraftKings or FanDuel. Interception or a fumble, you get two points. You also get two points if your defense has sacks the quarterback or the running back in the end zone for a safety or if they block a kick Um, or really any kind of a touchdown, whether it be a return touchdown, interception or touchdown, pick six, run it to the house. That's six points no matter what. Um, And scoring also applies, right? The main function of a defense. Yeah, it's great when they get touchdowns, but more to the point, you want to stop the other team from scoring. Um, You know, if they pitch a shutout, which is pretty rare, but it can happen with the good defenses, you get 10 points for that. That's huge. Right now, of course, that feathers down. You get seven, then four, then one. And finally, if your defense absolutely lays an egg and gives up 35 or more points, you lose four points. You never want to have that happen. All right, so those are the key, key roles, Gary. Uh, one thing based on that scoring, if you look at quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and even tight ends, which were volatile, 
This is the most volatile position <laughs> in all of uh, a fantasy. And the question then becomes, how do you handle that volatility? Yeah. What factors can you point to at least to increase your odds that your defense is going to give you a satisfactory performance? Yeah, and, and the, uh, the factors that you use to help predict whether defense is going to be good in any given week, admittedly, the correlation is less than it is at other position, which is another way of what Eric said, the volatility is higher. But that doesn't mean that there aren't factors. And the number one thing you need to look at for the entire season long is how many sacks do they have. Now that is something that's far less volatile. If you pick a defense that has a good uh, that has a good line that can get to the quarterback that's getting the sacks, chances are they're doing that week in and week out. And that factor alone is the most highly correlated to defensive scoring than any other, probably because, look, if you're good at sacking the quarterback, then A, you get the points for sacks. I right. think that's relatively obvious. But it also gives you a better chance to get those other kind of points, too. Right? So you're much more likely to get a touchdown because if you have a good pass rush, then it causes fumbles or it can cause interceptions. Oh! There's another one. Yeah. You're more likely to get more interceptions the more you hurry the quarterback. Lots of good things can happen if you can get to a quarterback quickly, and that's why sacks far and away are the, uh, the most attributable factor. I think it's really important for people who play fantasy, again, whether it's season-long or daily fantasy and looking at a defense, is you're not picking who's the best NFL defense. You're not, that's, you, know, you can argue that's the, you may think that's the goal. It's not the goal. Look, a good defense, what a good defense does, it can really stuff the run. can often catch a, a, a running back behind the line of scrimmage. How many points do you get for that? Zero. So um, it's an important thing to remember. you got to look at where you're getting points and what defense lines up with that. So another thing that I want to mention is the second factor out of the four that we're going to give you is favorites. You want your defense to be a favorite, and if possible, a heavy favorite. Why? It's a simple truth in the NFL. When you are tied or ahead, you throw the ball about half the time. But when you are behind, you throw the ball about two-thirds of the time. And you want your defense to face the offense that is throwing the ball a lot. Why? All sacks, all interceptions, and 60% of the fumbles occur in the passing game. Yeah. So uh, you really want to take advantage of that by making sure your team, your de team defense has a good game script. They're not, not to mention the fact that the points that we talked about earlier, 10 for a shutout, et cetera, feathering on down. If they're behind, you're holding them the last point. So that's just another contributing factor. And Eric, you made a great point, which is you need the right defense for the week not the right defense overall for the entire season. Obviously, this is if you're streaming defenses or if you're playing DFS, right, at any level. And so what you want to look at is, who are they facing for the week? Yeah. So that's another factor, right? You, you want the defense that gets the sacks, and, and, and you want the defense that's the favorite in the game. You also want the defense to play the other team uh, that has a crappy offensive line. <laughs> I mean, it's just pure and simple. Uh, you're going to get better, more sacks. You're going to get more fumbles. You're going to have a better chance for a safety. You're actually going to have a better chance for an interception because the quarterback's going to be hurried. It, everything improves. Right, if the team has a, has a crappy offensive line. Um, you also need to look at who's the quarterback. You know, so if you're facing Andrew Luck, facing Tom Brady, what don't they do? They don't throw interceptions. Yeah. 
right? And so, you know, that's another thing. You want the crappy offensive line. You also want the quarterback to throw on interceptions. If you can face a Tampa Bay quarterback, and I don't care who's playing quarterback for him, whether it's Winston or somebody else, man, Dirk Carter loves to take chances, and they got a quarterback that swings the ball. You know, there are half a dozen other teams that I could mention in that same sentence, right? The, the Raiders, the whatever, the Bengals, the, we all know who they are, the Dolphins. So the point is this. You want to face the team with a bad offensive line, with a quarterback that's got a lot of interceptions. Um, and to Eric's point, that, uh, that are the underdogs. It's, it's, that'll get you, from a statistical correlation standpoint, well on your way to determining who's that great defense this week. Yeah, I love, I love what you say about looking at the, uh, your opposition's uh, quarterback, because in addition to throwing a lot of interceptions, some quarterbacks just hold on to the ball too long, uh, and they're susceptible to getting more sacks and then potentially turnovers that way as well. So love that as a factor to you should be using. The fourth factor uh, that we have is all about the implied total. You want to make sure that you are picking a defense where uh, the other team is expected to score a small amount of points. Quick review for those that don't understand implied total. You simply take uh, the over and unders for the game uh, and Take that, half that, so suppose the over-unders were 40. Take half that, that means 20. Look at the spread, let's say it was four. And if your team's a favorite, which hopefully it is, uh, half four is two, then 20 minus two, 18 is gonna be the implied total, which is a great implied total to have against. Now, it's not for what you might think. You might think, well, well, if, my def- if the defense gives up a small amount of points, that I get points for that. Yeah, but that's just that is that is a little uh, scary because if you look back at what Gary explained as far as the scoring, you get ten points for a shutout. Yeah, that's great, but shutouts are very very often very rare. Uh, you get uh, seven for under a touchdown. That doesn't happen very often. From fourteen points to thirty-four points, that's where most NFL games are occurring. Fourteen to thirty-four. You know what the difference is? Just two points yeah. in the in the scoring. However, so why do I bring up implied total? Well, to the extent that it's a lower implied total, what Vegas is telling you, and they're very accurate, is that team is going to have trouble moving the ball. If they're going to have trouble moving the ball, it's more likely that they're going to have sacks and they're going to have turnovers. And anytime that you have turnovers, Gary, you are still hoping and praying it leads to defense gold, which is a touchdown. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's another factor you look at to predict what defenses are going to do this particular week. Now... Eric, sooner or later, if you're talking, uh, especially uh, for DFS purposes, you got to talk about salary bands. Yeah. Right? And so let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, because most people, this is how most people pick their defense. Oh, no, this is the last one I have to pick. I only have $2,300 left. What defense can I get for (laughs) $2,300? But assuming you're a little bit more strategic... What well, range should you be you looking at? You don't want to get caught. You don't want to punt the position, and I truly mean no pun intended on that. Um, the, you don't want to. You don't want to punt. But here's the thing, Eric: is that for just again thinking about it from statistical correlation, there's so much volatility that it rarely works out that the highest price defense or the highest band is usually two or three defenses um, that are priced more than anything else. 
it rarely works out that those defenses actually score the most points for a week. It's just it's just too volatile. Unless but, Nathan Peterman is the other quarterback. And the offensive line sinks in the hole. Yeah, oh, sorry. okay. Good. Thank you. He's out. Oh, poor guy's not even in the NFL anymore, for crying out loud. He's so bad. So here, here's the deal. Um, if you can't punt, but you don't want to pay up for the top defense, then what is the strategy? Look, it, it, it's get that mid-tier defense. It's get that mid-tier defense, that mid-grade defense that has the factors that we just talked about going for it. And just to be clear, we're talking about cash games here. Well, yes, we, we are talking about cash games, although this will also later on apply uh, in GPP. But specifically to cash games, Target the mid-price defense with those factors that we just talked about. And basically the bottom line is there's nothing that's predictive enough, that's correlated enough to get, the, the, to get you to believe that the highest-priced defense is going to have an outsized return. And f- let's face it, for cash games, you don't even need or want that outsized return. Remember, for cash games, you only want to finish in the 51st percentile. Whether you're the, the, in the 100th percentile, you're the top scorer for the week, or whether you're just above midpoint at 51%, the payout's the same. So you're going for that higher floor, and the way you get the higher floor is to utilize those factors that we just talked about. And as long as you can do that with a mid-price tier, um, you save money that you can use for other positions that are much less volatile and much more statistically uh, correlative. So that is the route to go. All right, so those are some of the key things you want to consider for a cash game. I want to pause and thank all the viewers. And ask if you've gotten this far for the video, please just literally take three seconds and, and smash that like button. And if you haven't yet, hit the red subscriber button. That will put you in a great situation where you get notified of all our future videos as long as you click that bell icon. So let's switch gears and talk about GPP. So on GPP, Gary, you're looking for the home run. You're looking to, 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 to finish yep. way at the top out of a lot of different competitors. Their 51% isn't going to get you a hill of beans. In fact, finishing 97% really isn't going to get finish the hill of beans. What you're looking well, for... Well, get something, but nothing that you're nothing, targeting. That's not, not why you... you care about. you got to be in the top 1%. And really, for any kind of life-changing money, you got to be in the top one-tenth of 1%. So Eric, take it away. How do you do that? Well, um, there's a couple of factors that we think that you should be thinking about when you're selecting your defense. And we want to have correlation, Gary, um, when we're building our GPP lineup, which means if we know one player, for us to win and get at that top, we need all of our players to go off. So if one player is going to go off, is it increase our likelihood of another player going off so we don't have to get each of those right. So you're talking stacking. I'm somehow stack the defense. I am talking stacking, and I'm talking about stacking a defense with a running back in your lineup. But don't just stack any defense with any running back. You want to make sure that you're stacking a defense who is a heavy favorite. Let's say, I like it at least four points, but I really have a warm and fuzzy feeling when it's at least uh, a touchdown. Um, and here's, here's why. Because you're expecting, with a, with a heavy favorite, that your defense, that team, will be way ahead. And if you're way ahead, they're going to run the ball more than they otherwise mm-hmm. would. And the defense is going to be able to pin their ears back and uh, attack a team that is going to be forced to throw the ball. So, again, when you throw that ball, you have more opportunities uh, for sacks, interceptions, uh, and fumbles. 
Yeah, and I love the point that you made about um, you don't just want a favorite, you want a heavy favorite. So if you if you just look statistically for a moment, there's a real inflection point. If it's if your team is favored by three and a half points or less, then they almost behave as if they're not a favorite at all. If yeah. they get to if they're favored by four or more, that's when you start really seeing that uptick. And okay, they uh, you know the, the the points go up because of. Not only the implied totals, but they get more sacks, you get more interceptions, things like that. The magic all starts to happen when the, when the teams are favored four points or more, and the real magic starts to happen when they're favored by over a touchdown. Yeah. Now I want to be straightforward and honest here. The correlation between a running back and a defense isn't as strong as a quarterback and, say, a wide receiver, especially see the wide receiver one, are even as strong as the quarterback and the opposition's wide receiver. But it's still a correlation, and it doesn't stop you yeah. from, from stacking that other stack as and, well. And, you know, you've got two running backs in your lineup, or even three if you use a running back for a flex. So check out those three defenses. Hopefully, one of them have the factors that we talked about earlier that you like from a correlation to a fantasy value standpoint, and that's a good defense to stack with your running back that you've already chosen. Um, another yeah. way you can stack and, and, and gain that correlation is, look, you've already chosen three wide receivers for your lineup. Okay, Now, are any of those wide receivers kick returners? If they are, and obviously, you know, most teams use a wide receiver as a kick returner. Now, that doesn't mean they're using their best wide receiver, wide receiver one, but most teams' kick returners also play wide receiver. If you chose one in your lineup, consider choosing that defense. Why? Well, because if that wide receiver happens to return a kick or return a punt for a touchdown, that would count for your wide receiver, six points. That would also count for your defense, whether it's a punt return or whether it's a kickoff return. So that is the obvious way to use that stacking. It's boom or bust. I'm not going to lie to you. It's obviously boom or bust. But when you're going for one-tenth of one percent, when you're... Excuse me, shooting for the moon, and you want your lineup to be better than 99.9% of the others, you need Boomer Bust, folks. Absolutely. So, again, you're not going to pick your wide receiver that way. You're not going to say, well, I'm picking him because he's a kick returner. But you might consider picking your defense that way if you've already chosen that wide receiver. Yeah, I think that's so important that people don't screw it and get that, get that backwards, Gary. Because um, you need to be comfortable with that wide receiver as a wide receiver. But hey, um, if you are okay with that defense, you can get what's called the good old double dip strategy. Mm-hmm. Not too bad. Uh, another factor to consider for playing G- GPP uh, is all about being contrarian. You want to differentiate your lineup. A lot of the people know the value of getting a favorite. So as we said, whether you're a small favorite or a uh, an underdog, so between three, a three-point favorite or a three-point underdog is almost a flip of a coin. So if you really want to differentiate your lineup, uh, go ahead and pick an underdog. Not a heavy underdog, but an underdog by less than three. They almost have the same as a favorite that's less than three. Mm-hmm. Now, don't blindly pick that. You want to look to the factors we talked about. One where you feel good about uh, the opposing opposition's offensive line or quarterback. Or you feel... Um, good about your uh, team's ability to go after the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we've talked about great strategies here for the GPP lineup, but I do want to just mention one thing, and this is not to mitigate anything that we've said in this video, but the fact of the matter is this. We tell you not to punt on quarterbacks. 
because if you get the lowest tier, uh, lowest salary band quarterback, then the returns are so bad that you're going to tank your lineup. We tell you not to punt for a running back when you're choosing a running back or a wide receiver for the exact same reason, tight end. And we told you not to punt for picking a defense in cash games, all for the same reason. The lowest bands that are available on DFS have bad enough returns that it will sink your lineup and it's, you know, it's, a, it's a bad value strategy. Here is the one time where if you feel really good about every other position in your lineup and you have no money left for anything other than the worst defense, if it's the defensive position and if it's GPP, go ahead and do it. And that's not to mitigate anything that we've talked hmm. about, but if you're in that position and you've maximized your return with all the other uh, all the other positions so you feel good about your overall lineup, there is so much volatility in defense, especially in who's got the high ceiling. There, there may be defenses of a greater uh, you know, expected value for cash games, but most defenses have a ceiling that is roughly speaking about the same. So if you end up needing to punt on a defense for GPP, it's actually not a bad strategy. Yeah, because defenses are fluky. <laughs> I mean, the ability that the quarterback happens to fumble or a receiver happens to uh, drop a pass and tip it up in the air and your defense runs it in for a touchdown, that can happen on any defense. So because of that volatility and because you need something great, uh, that's, uh, that's a viable strategy in GPP. Yeah, as long as you're doing it because you've maximized the yeah. return on all the other <laughs> well, you better you better be doing well on the rest, <laughs> of the rest of them. So, I promised it at the beginning. I said that we would go a little bit into a time machine and go back into the past. Uh, let's take a look. Back in 1991, these two guys were talking about the NFL way back then. And let's just look at a short clip. He is the fifth most rushing yards of anybody in the NFL. And folks, he has about half the rushing attempts of the top four leading rushers in the NFL. That is simply an amazing statistic. As well, he has the highest quarterback rating in the NFC. Can a quarterback in the NFC get any better? No, I think not. And that's why Randall Cunningham is my pick for the number one quarterback in the NFL. Eric? Interesting. Just flip-flopping, Gary. My number one quarterback this year, no question, Warren Moon. He's amazing. And I think the telling statistic for a quarterback for me is touchdown. Can you march your team down and then when it counts, put the ball in the end zone? No one does that better than Warren Moon. Okay. <laughs> Who's the guy with the big mustache? <laughs> we look younger. Younger. Then, for Ooh. sure. Yes. No question about it. But at least we sounded like we knew what we were talking about back then. So that's, that's probably more important. Okay. Uh, we hope you think we know what we're talking about now. <laughs> for goodness sakes. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, if you did... Put it in the comment section, and we'll figure out a way. If people really like it, we'll show little snippets of others in, in, in future shows. Absolutely. So we wanted to pause and take a moment just to say we really appreciate uh, all you viewers viewing our uh, DFS NFL 
masterclass series shows, and then as we get to the NFL season, our weekly shows uh, on Survivor and on DraftKings and on FanDuel. Yes, thank you. As you can see with those young guys in that other vid video, you're helping us live a dream. And, Absolutely. And, and, and we love it, and we love the interaction with you. So let's make it interactive to that point. We would love it if you, first of all, we're building a community. Fantasy Football Consultants started last year, so we're a new channel. We're still building out our football community. Please, share our videos, share our message, share our dreams with your friends, with your Fantasy Football League makes. Go ahead and, and share the links with them um, on YouTube or the, the links to the podcast on iTunes. And also, let's make this interactive. We would love to hear your comments below the videos. There's a comment section. We would like to hear, did we say any strategies that you particularly liked that you wanted to comment on? Um, did we say a strategy that you followed and you didn't think helped your team um, and why? We would love to hear that kind of feedback too. We'd also love to hear, was there anything we think that you missed that would be valuable uh, for the viewer or valuable for the listener to know? We're all building out this football uh, community together here at FantasyFootballConsultants.net and we would love for you to be a part of that. And we really hope this was helpful for not only daily fantasy football, but for this episode for a season long. Because we truly believe, both Gary and I believe, that streaming a defense, as long as your uh, league rules allow it, um, is a great strategy. So you don't spend a lot of draft capital worrying about drafting uh, a defense. And because if you're going to stream a defense, you need to apply these factors to know which defense is going to do well that particular week. Absolutely. Um, so as this, again, is a part of a Masterclass uh, series, the next class in the series, we have finally finished all the selection strategy classes. We started with QB, then we went to running back, wide receiver, then tight end. This was the defense show. We are ready to move on to cash game. We do a really deep dive on all the strategies to be successful when you're playing 50-50, double up, and even head-to-head. -head. And that video is right here. If you want to start from the beginning of the series with our beginner show, uh, you will click right over here. And we really want to, again, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. See you next time.